So Magic Tricks has come a long way in the last 17 years in terms of being a market leader in the space of real estate. Buying, selling, renting has been their hometown. They're the largest players as far as the quantum of listings is concerned. In the last couple of years, they've also evolved their place substantially in terms of what else can the consumer do in his life cycle with Magic Tricks. Whether it comes to painting the house or cleaning up or a bunch of other services, they're now doing the entire expansion. What I was extremely impressed about with Magic Breaks is the level of maturity in terms of the kind of data infrastructure they've created and the level of depth at which they've gone with understanding and interpreting real estate in India. Now, can you imagine the hundreds and thousands of localities that exist in India in which bank is happy to give loan in which geography to which floor because the level of regulation uh, that applies is different. It's fairly impressive and I was definitely enamored by what Rohit has built in the last few years and all of this. Here's the conversation for you. Thank you so much for joining us today, Rohit. Thank you. Thanks, Ankur, for having me over. Super. So, you know, I know, Rohit, that you've had a fairly long leadership journey across multiple kinds of organizations. would be very interesting to understand a bit of your journey in terms of how you've ended up where you've ended up. Sure. And then they have to settle down in a rented place and... Yeah, do the day-to-day stuff. So I would sell them groceries in Walmart and now that they have earned more, I sell them real estate in Magic Tricks. Very so, interesting lens. I, I do, I do more of the journey accompaniment of many of the people. <laughs> so in terms of, uh, you know, the whole charter at Magic Bricks when you came in and this was right after your own real estate tech venture. What was the charter? What was the mandate? What was the goal that you set out to achieve? So Magic Bricks been... Uh, in the search and discovery phase uh, since 2007, we are the largest platform uh, helping real estate buyers uh, find sellers. Also the largest for sellers uh, from an individual perspective, uh, largest from a broker perspective also and developer perspective. And same on the rent side, the maximum number of uh, people seeking a house on rent and people wanting to give a house on rent uh, aggregate on Magic Bricks. What we've uh, sought to do in the last couple of years is to go deeper in the journey between the buyer and the seller and aid them in the journey with various uh, other services. Uh, Part of the reason is uh, monetization, but I think the bigger reason is also that, I mean, at the pure discovery stage, there are other sources that consumers use. And Mm. uh, finally, we need to be the most relevant uh, platform for real estate search and transactions for the Mm. end-to-end journey and not just at the search phase. So we've added a lot of services which enable that. So if I talk about the purchase side, you need a lot of services like valuation. Mm. Uh, You need legal validation. You need registration. You need home loans. Uh, Then you need home interiors. Uh, We're trying to handle the customer through his entire journey. On the rent side, we do similar stuff uh, for a owner or a landlord, we help him in tenant verification, stuff like rental payments, uh, rent agreement, etc. Sure. Two things that it does is that uh, it engages the customers much more because it's not one need yeah. that we fulfill, but the entire spectrum of needs. Very recently, we launched a very deep interaction workflow between the buyer and seller or the owner and tenant. Okay. Uh, one of the big issues with any advertising platform was that once the need is over, then people are kind of move out of the platform. Sure. But don't necessarily tell us. Hmm. So the big problem which was happening as a result was we are looking for a house on rent. And 
there are some owners who listed or some brokers who listed properties. It's a very hot rental market. So very often properties get rented in sure. two, three days, sometimes yeah. a single day. Week, two weeks is an outlier. Now we don't know the properties got rented out. Sure. Because once the property is rented out, the owner is lost interest in magic bricks. Because yeah. the magic bricks is happy. This is not uh, Instagram or Facebook that people will come every day. Mm. So owners are used to you know, accessing the platform every weekend to see who all wants to see their house because most people come on the weekends. Yeah. Now the guys not come for a week. We don't see it as an alarm bell. The guys not come for two weeks. Sure. Think that okay, has the property really rented out? But then that two weeks, the interaction with Anybody else who's calling him is poor for both the persons, the tenant, as well as the property owner because he's getting harassed. Like, I have property rent. Nice. But sure. did you tell us? Hmm. You didn't. And it's a single click for him to take the property off, but he just forgets. Being an offender myself, so I can fully relate to this. Yeah. So, now what we've done is, instead of this being a pure advertising platform like a newspaper classified where you see ads and you can call one of the advertisers, we don't allow exchange of phone numbers till the tenant and the landlord have exchanged in an interaction. Okay. Now, what that does is that from a tenant side, he knows that the property is available. He also gets to know what the landlord specific queries are. Uh, so, let's say as a landlord, I don't want somebody who's got a certain food habit, you know, traits in certain parts of the country. Uh, or I don't want somebody with pets. Sure. So, we force, we ensure those interactions happen up front. As a result, all our parameters on CSAT, NPS are through the roof uh, because the interactions are significantly better. Hmm. Maybe the number of tenants who are calling a landlord has dipped by a few percentage points, but the number of interactions has gone through the roof. Sure. Uh, finally, as a tenant, I'm happy that, okay, out of the 10 landlords I reached out to, only three want to engage with me. But those three, I'm quite sure Minimum. I'll end up closing a deal and I'll not waste time. So I may do lower number of interactions, but they are far higher in quality. And that's the journey that we've moved on in the last uh, two years. We're just going deeper and deeper in that journey and taking people closer to an eventual transaction. Uh, let's see, just the journeys of these individuals on the platform. And for a moment, if I were to zoom in on when a landlord comes to the platform for the first time, and I assume there is a paid listing functionality that is the one that you would want to move people towards. Help us understand a bit about what that journey looks like and what kind of interventions that happen to reduce friction or improve conversion in that ecosystem. Landlords who want to rent out uh, typically are there on the platform for years because every time the tenant leaves, we have to do it again. So hmm. we make it very simple. It's a single click. What you need, not it's a single same click. Same property, same description, same everything, just digital. Yeah. It's not a single click because we know the rentals will change. So we force him to put a few inputs so that sure. it's also not an accidental click. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but a couple of clicks and he's done with his uh, listings. Uh, we've also made it very simple for people who either drop off the funnel or who just find the form cumbersome. We let them do the whole journey on WhatsApp. Okay. Uh, they can chat. And they can uh, have all the details up and running. Hmm. Uh, including pictures? Including pictures. They can upload pictures also by just... Uh, Clicking and sending on WhatsApp. Yeah. Hmm. On, the entire journey is on WhatsApp. There's a telecalling journey also. Uh, but yeah, the issue with the telecalling journey is that then there is a follow-up for pictures because you can't yeah. really get pictures on the phone call. But yeah, 
that's where whatsapp kicks in and mm-hmm. uh, we match the person that okay you told us the rest uh, on a phone call and the reason the phone call still exists is that um, a large number of people who rent out are older and I was about uh, to get to that and therefore very happy on the phone versus going on to a website so whatsapp is solving it to a great degree because sure pretty much everybody is on whatsapp comfortable also automated so if it's a certain society that you fill up a bunch that. of those things yourself so a lot of the details oil. about the society just get auto picked up uh, we have over 2 lakh societies which we've covered in in india so and was this all user generated content that somebody or the other sport or is this like no, some order of fleet on the street that you put it, on the it's a job. lot of fleet on the street uh it's from the developers directly hmm. and it's also ugc so it's a mixed piece sure so in some sense is there a layer of segmentation in terms of user behavior that you might see from a tier 1 city versus tier 2 city versus expensive houses versus cheaper houses is this any different from that lens or is this by and large a very homogeneous behavior pattern the difference in the very small towns uh, is that the multi story big gated communities is a new construct sure and uh, therefore surprisingly in the smaller towns uh, the developers don't want to advertise their gated communities okay and so in the sonipat there is one big gated community which is that the developers is why do they need to advertise everybody in sonipat knows it yeah uh because i'm the only guy who is mm-hmm. there as a platform where we enable search and discovery the larger the variety the more complex the search journey is the better is our offering to the end buyer sure so when it's very homogeneous uh, we don't add too much value i can imagine so in fact delhi as a city which has very little multi story apartments and uh, mm. complexes is uh, is a very good city for us because uh, discovery is extremely difficult absolutely so in by design all of these companies have always been about this information asymmetry that there's a large supply large demand yeah, they come together where dole first era of e-commerce essentially or rather the online services play was around this information arbitrage play right there is matchmaking there is house hunting and there is jobs Yeah, pretty much the three Zomato, major verticals which was their investing company was yeah. was largely uh, a, information uh, information arbitrage yes, for a very long time i can imagine so in some sense uh, the fact that uh, this behavior is different in slightly non let's say complicated markets is fair to understand but what i was trying to zoom in on was when you try and orchestrate these journeys and the whatsapp behavior for people uh, and then there are let's say owners and then there are brokers who have probably different behavioral patterns Only thing that is open is is there a lens of how these guys approach this transaction versus how these guys approach this transaction, and do you treat them any differently? Not really. The only difference between owners and brokers is that owners can put listings for free, certain quantum, and brokers have to pay for the listings because they make money out of it. Of course. And therefore, uh, we charge them a fees. But otherwise, the information that we gather from both the owner and the broker is exactly mm. the same. Mm. We do put a lot of checks in place. that uh, wrong information doesn't come through so let's say you want to rent a property for 50000 rupees and you forget to put a zero so the system won't allow you to put 5000 sure. so you put mm-hmm. an extra zero and becomes 5 lakh the system won't allow you to okay. do that and that's because you know what the rates in that area are you know the like. you know the going rates in every mm-hmm. micro market sure and therefore we put uh, boundary based conditions sometimes a broker would like to game the system the going mm-hmm. rate is 1.5 crores to sell a apartment and uh, he may want to put 1.2 crores just to get uh, like a lot of leads 
Yeah, absolutely. So again, he's not able to pull that. So in some sense, it's the scale of the data, the level of maturity, the level of depth that you've gotten to, to the, the amount of data insights there are quite phenomenal. So in, uh, you, you've got your owner who's got his listing sorted. It's up and it's live. Uh, there's a lens on paying for some of these things in terms of what kind of advertising you're going to deploy here. Yes. When does that trigger? How does that trigger? How do you steer people? What percentage of people do tend to upgrade to paid? And how does that, is that a KPI that you track very closely? How does it work out? We offer a certain threshold of responses for free. Okay. And uh, if they transact in those responses, good for them. Good for us as a platform. We've enabled the transaction. They're happy with us. Hmm. Uh, but if they don't close in the first few responses which we give to them free, then they need to pay us to unlock the responses. Sure. So, and then they need to pay us also if we get something special for them, hmm. uh, special offers or something. Uh, but by and large, at a very fundamental level, it's a freemium model. So a certain threshold is free and beyond that you pay. It's an important KPI and we keep nudging people into that journey. Hmm. Some end up paying Surprisingly, a lot of them still have this orientation that if it's online, hai, it's free. Now you say, yes, it is free or ad can be seen. Mm. And uh, if it's an ad by Rohit Mangani, which is a fairly unique name, you could figure out my exact apartment number by talking to the security sure. guard. And as a broker, you let me get somebody, but then you'll charge me brokerage. Sure. So, so for most owners who want to sell or rent, the downside of paying us is negligible. Right. Uh, is not there actually because mm. uh, you save a lot on the brokerage. Absolutely. The amount of money that we charge for the premium services mm. is a fraction mm. of the brokerage. However, not everybody wants to pay because uh, they just think that they will get free responses if not from us, from other property portals mm. or whatever. Mm. So overall monetization is not where we would want it to be. I mean, uh, are you in a position to put a number to it? Is it early double digits, something in that ballpark? Personally, just the people who've listed and who've now paid. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say it's approximately in that range. But, I mean, to us, it should be 50-70%. I mean, the only people who should not pay are the ones that have got the transaction going in the first few sure. interactions. But otherwise, everybody should because it's it's a money saver for them. In some sense, a mindset issue that Online hai to free hai. Is that what's largely coming in the way? Yeah, that's the big one. Uh, people will also put their data on multiple other platforms. But the point is that, I mean, even if you get a response from a comp- competing platform, it's not necessarily the best response. Sure. So you may get a response from any mm. other platform. You want to sell a property for one crore and the guy wants to buy it for 95 lakhs. Mm. And... Uh, I may have somebody on my platform which is willing to buy at 96 lakhs. So Design a bigger distribution platform should be a better place to find the best offer. So either ways, I mean, where you'll get the best offer is not known. Now on a 1 crore house, a 1 lakh rupees is significant money. Sure. The premium fees that we charge is a few thousand rupees. Sure. So it just doesn't justify. It's like a little penny-wise pound foolish if you're not. Uh, And it's for the industry as a whole, Hmm. which is kind of ironic because... uh, Whatever we get in from the customers is what we'll plow back in making the platforms even more effective. Sure. Help them sell faster, help them sell rent out faster. Sure, fair enough. The whole structural uh, issue with the industry will remain and thanks to the nature of competition unless everybody comes together to say that this has to become paid. 
because this business model is not viable otherwise, it becomes an interesting lens. So in some sense, uh, the whole evolution uh, of this whole multi-service play to deepen the relationship with the consumer to find more things that you can do for them. And if I find more things that they'd be willing to pay you for is where the direction is going. And the whole orchestration of these communications is where the whole, let's say, Martech stacks and some of those components come into picture. So how do you look at this from a, in some sense, design lens? And also probably I'll jump to the, plot, uh, the org lens very quickly because you're on the product org and there's a lot of stuff which is probably automated would happen in, in a fashion which is built into the product ecosystem itself. Pretty much the entire life cycle of the customer is built into uh, in-house. So, so a customer is, uh, I mean, identified with his unique credentials and uh, he could, and, and the customer evolves. So he may come first to our platform for renting, maybe a paying guest search. Sure. Then renting and, you know, then he moves into buying. And then we've got customers who bought uh, 10 years back and then bought again and now our landlords renting sure uh, <laughs> or they're selling years of vintage will give you a lot of yeah, so, so we've got customers who played multiple roles hmm. we keep a central customer profile so and I could coexist because I I may be transitioning from Delhi to Bangalore uh, and therefore I want to put my house in Delhi on rent and take something in take Bangalore on in rent Bangalore. Yeah. or if I'm selling a house I parallelly want to Buy another property to save my capital gains. Yeah. So a lot of people coexist in multiple mm. uh, life stages. Each have their own journey. We keep it at a central repository uh, so that we know how do we engage with the customer. So somebody wants to wants to buy and sell simultaneously as an example, which is very different from if I want to rent out and rent in. It's pretty much simultaneous transactions. Uh, you, I may want to. Take my new apartment on rent first and then rent out because then I want to move my stuff. Yep. Whereas in sale, whereas on the buying selling side is the opposite. I the want to first sell, have the capital because then I will buy. And also sure. from a tax perspective, uh, my capital gain set off will happen only because I bought after, yep. I've, after sold. I've sold. So mm. it's it's actually the opposite mm. Mm. versus the rent part. And then, then some people are in mixed journey that I want to sell and I want to rent out yeah. or I want to take a new place on rent or vice versa. So each of those use cases therefore becomes a, a separate custom journey in terms of how do we engage with the customer? What do we showcase to him when he lands on the homepage? Mm. So the homepage is customized for the customer depending on what life stage is he on. Is he a single user or is he a multi-user? And if multi-user, then what life stage is? Sure. Our whole communication mm. engagement with him also changes depending on the same sell and buy example. Mm, mm. I will first tell him which are the people interested in the property so that you can sell first. Sure. I will not even ping you with options of buying because I know you are not going to really move ahead in you that journey. Uh, and therefore, when when your uh, data goes to a potential advertiser, uh, then you tell me, but in terms of his listing on the platform, he'll make these listings together or will he wait after his sell listing is somewhere there and then he'll pick his buy listing? No, people do it simultaneously because they just want to get a feel of what, what's uh, going on. What what's kind going of on. The property search journey itself is long sure. um, because you want to prospect at a very mm-hmm. macro level, then deep dive into a locality and then, then probably into a society and different need states. So we let them do what they want to do on the website. 
but all our uh, nudges and interactions are oriented towards what's the activity that he wants to do first. Mm. Got it. So in some sense, now would this guy tell you that I've now sold the property, now let's start spending time on buying? Or his behavior will show you that behavior. somewhere. And uh, so a lot of this... behavior led, if he's, I mean, he may, he may indicate he sold his property by taking down his listings or right. he may increase the frequency of searching for a property. Sure. I mean, one interesting thing is that people also search in the locality they want to sell just to get mm, an mm, idea of the price. Mm. Uh, now, now that searching behavior changes into a more genuine new searching localities. behavior, new mm. localities. So then you know that, okay, now he's possibly sold. Uh, sold, even if he's not explicitly told us. Sure. What we also get is indicators from others. So people ping mm. on the property that this is already sold or rented out. So, so the customer side also kind of puts that data in. Yes. So, UGC so you get so. enough UGC hmm. indicators that, okay, this probably is sold out. Hmm. So we now know that he's a dead serious buyer because he, he just sold, sold his property. He's, like, and, <laughs> uh, he's out he to buy. To deploy. Fair enough. You know, just thinking a step back, you mentioned this entire thing is built in-house. And I mean, for the scale and complexity, I would imagine there is merit in having things under tighter control. But at the same time, in terms of uh, technology bandwidth across most companies always has... 20,000 things are the priority. So you would have made this choice at some point that, okay, this is a worth building and not licensing from SaaS because it's not like tools don't exist, they do. So what was the thought process around then? Is it a decision you made or is it a decision which was made previously already? That was made previously. I don't think as a tech-first company, we ever thought of this being non-core. We always thought of it as a very core piece, mm. the whole interaction engagement piece. For example, this whole interaction between the landlord and the tenant that we've built, it's not that we've not used third-party services. Sure. We've used third-party services. Again, we use different data bytes for SMS sure. yeah, or the email. Yeah, is always going to be what it is. So the third part, the end delivery happens through partners. Right. But the core orchestration, hmm. logic layers are internal. Uh, and there's, I'm assuming, a product team and a tech team which is focused on making sure that this part of the puzzle yes. is always well-maintained and evolved. Got it. So in some sense, what's uh, very frequently quoted is the whole concept of composed architecture. You have a core layer or core foundation or holding piece, which is your own. And then different things kind of keep in, uh, come and piece themselves into the puzzle somewhere, wherever they're able to do a better job than what you would be able to do it in-house. Correct. Some sense, that's a fair approach to take for a text person, product first company because you exercise control and you keep looking and exploring options where if this can plug in and do a better job, I'm okay to not do it. So it's not a let's say, obsession or an ego battle to kind of do it in-house, but more an objective and fair decision from that lens. All right, awesome. So just the, uh, you know, taking a bit of a uh, step back to look at the journeys that we're evolving and how this whole additional offering on a layer is now playing out. But the whole goal there is to monetize and make more out of the same customer relationship. And that's where a certain amount of uh, marketing and product play gets involved. So I'd love to understand uh, the data infrastructure that you put in place. I'm assuming there's a data lake somewhere else, some CDP, whatever that you put together. And then, uh, what is the team that looks like that's working on all of those orchestrations? Largely the product team. I'll come to the marketing part also. Yeah. Uh, there are product managers who specifically look at uh, the recommendation engine. Uh, there are product managers who look at the recommendation orchestration. Mm -hmm. uh, so, there is one team which looks at the engine in terms of what should get recommended to yeah. versus Amkur. Hmm. Uh, there's another team which will say that how do I best reach out to Rohit? And there's a third team which does the final piece in terms of orchestrating across on the users because uh, when you look at 
Yeah, things like inbox delivery, uh, responsiveness to WhatsApp, responsiveness sure. to app notifications, mm. and costs. So there is, you know, zero cost or low cost. Prefer lower cost channels. Uh, like notifications and emails to higher cost ones like SMS and mm. WhatsApp. Mm. Uh, finally, telecalling, which is the most expensive. Most expensive. So there is a third P which looks at how do you orchestrate so that you get the optimum output across uh, different customer segments. Okay. Uh, so kind of divided the whole piece. So that team's assuming that the recommendation is top notch. It's actually been improving with every new release that yeah. they're making. And, and do I just send it via notification or do I send it via WhatsApp? This is the response pattern. This team will keep optimizing. And Samson, what's what stitches this whole play together? These are all product teams rolling up to your organization, I presume. So the whole decision-making lens on how to make the improvement path for this one and this one and this one and the interplay of data in terms of what's showing up as a response rate on one channel might be different from response rate on a different channel. How that influences the uh, recommendation algorithm that if you have to send one, then you send this. But if you have to send five, then you do this. How does this interplay happen? So let's say there are, there's a rank order of recommendations for me. Okay. Uh, there are... Uh, 25 recommendations which have been uh, all other uh, infinite recommendations have mm. been rank ordered but uh, uh, if I'm going to if Magic Grace is going to reach out to me via email I can get 5, 10, 15 recommendations right. sent if it's going to be via a notification uh, I will send only one right. uh, if it's if it's via WhatsApp, again, I will send one prominent one and then uh, a link deal. to lead the person into the others. Uh, so depending on the on the channel, uh, different number of recommendations will be sent. Now, if I've already engaged with the channel, let's say on app notification and I've rejected a recommendation, which is the number one recommendation right. for me, and a follow-up is sent to me on WhatsApp, then that mm. recommendation won't be sent because okay. I, have, I have in my... Uh, data lake stored the rest. My the magic pixels stored my response uh, to the recommendation. That's actually quite sophisticated because I know even the places like Netflix, they will keep showing me the same movie that I've already seen on the first recommendation. Yeah, so, so that sounds fairly sophisticated. So, I mean, what we do is there is a hard reject and the soft reject. Okay. We assume that if the person is a hard reject, option is there in only some places on the platform. But if the person has opened an email but not clicked, which means it's a soft reject on the five recommendations that no. are sent on the email. Okay. Uh, because I've got the two data points. If the guy never opened the email, you see let it go another time. Yeah, then I know that okay, it's the recommendation not being seen. So it's not a it's not a hard reject, it's not a soft reject. Mm. Hard reject is when you when you've crossed you it. You cross something which is like uh, explicit intent yeah. sort of. Mm. So that is very low because we don't give too much of those uh, deliberately. Uh, but yeah, the soft reject can be tracked. So we do that. And then uh, so if I have not opened my email for five days, I'll probably get the same recommendation. The same content will keep coming. Uh, we'll keep coming because I think that's the best content for me. In terms of the, the data infrastructure, do not also surface these insights across the different product team that exist. Could you just briefly and uh, help us understand what's the info looking like? Pretty much all of it is hosted in house. Uh, we uh, don't use the cloud except for specific uh, use cases and needs. Uh, don't use the cloud, which means it's on-prem. Yeah, 
most okay. of it is i mean i'm it's not a absolute 100% sure. but most of it is on prem because it's more viable uh, from a cost perspective we are also not an e-commerce business which has a big billion day or a diwali sale which is create a massive spike i mean real estate as a category does not have that uh, huge spike so your patterns are predictable which means you don't need to yeah. kind of do so, the cloud side so so you know one of the utilities if cloud is on managing spikes yeah. so that utility is extremely low, low for, for us hmm. there are specific cases where we may use uh you know specific AWS or Azure mm. uh, services, but largely it's all in-prem. Okay. And uh, from the data lakes to the data warehouse or should be CDPs, is there like a architecture around who manages what, the team pulls, put everything together, and then people who are plugging in supply of data pipes across all these spaces. How does that setup look? So, uh, I mean, it's all managed by the tech team. Uh, what we try to do is to build everything in the manner that uh, it talks to the Central repository. We manage to do that most of the times. So I'll give you an example. So let's mm. say a customer is there on the platform, and he makes an inquiry. Let's say we launch a new service. So I launch a new service for home cleaning. Okay. Now I don't know whether I'll get great traction on this service or not get great traction. So somebody may sign up for that. Now at that moment, because it's a POC. The product guy who's put that across has kept a separate data table to just see whether he's interested in home cleaning mm. and he's not give, feeding it back into the core uh, yeah. engine. And which is fine with us because we don't want to necessarily build new APIs to talk to the core engine. Uh, if we think that we don't know whether this is sustainable yeah, this or not. This use case is not big enough. So, so uh, if the use case becomes big, then it goes into the core engine that this okay. service is required by this person. So that it adds value to his profile. Sometimes it gets missed. So the service scales up, but we forget to do the handshake. Right. But, uh, but I mean, then we do periodic reviews. and so we kind a cleanup of, exercise. Uh, it's still a silo because it's still connected to system. I mean, I mean, it's there in the system, but it's lying isolated. So we then connect it. It's like a very data. solvable problem. At least you don't have a situation where there are data silos which don't really have a way to talk to each other and it's a large cleanup exercise to bring it together. No, so that's... It's still very uh, incremental and very I small. I mean, there is, it's there in one particular aspect of our business, but it's not in the core side of the mm. business. So, uh, in terms of the other lenses of acquisition, given that you have to expand the whole category portfolio across the moving services, packing services, painting services, agreement services, what's the, uh, let's say, sequence of rolling out some of these things in terms of where you see a ease of adoption that this is a very, very obvious fit and we'll convert, let's say, all, all the people who are uh, renting a new property via us, X number of people will be willing to do this versus that. How does that work out? So see, there are some services where we don't advertise. For example, home interiors. Because we know that the guy who's going to buy a house and take, do his home interiors, he's not going to be in the market to sell his house very soon uh, or uh, rent out also very soon. Okay. Uh, and therefore, my ability to monetize beyond home interior is going to be very low. Okay. So, therefore, home interior is an add-on service that I will sell to my existing data. Sure. Uh, whereas, uh, something like rent agreement, I can work the reverse maths mm. to see how much will I uh, pay for it. Okay. Uh, but largely, what we are trying to do is to optimize uh, and get a lot of 
direct traffic on these services. Sure. Uh, so home loans as an example, we have the most evolved home loan engine. Okay. Uh, we have over 400 products, 45 banking partners. We are significantly more evolved than companies like Pesa Bazaar, Bank right. Bazaar, which have been around for much longer. Hmm. They are much more evolved on the personal loan side and sure. the credit cards and all. We don't operate in those places. But hmm. on home loan, we offer solutions which nobody else does. And therefore, we get a lot of organic traffic. So, look, you just told me that, you know, Magic is also a very powerful and sophisticated loan platform, way better than some of the other platforms which are focused on loans as, a, uh, as, a, as an offering. Tell us more about it. Yeah, so focused on uh, loans as an offering, we are only focused on home loans. As mm. a home loans platform, there isn't a better platform than us. I'll give you a perspective. So, Delhi has 6,000 colonies. Okay. If you want to take a loan to buy a house in Delhi, where will you go? ICICI, say for a moment. Any others which come to mind? LCFC is another home loan guy. So, I mean, the typical usual suspects, right? That's at least what I would imagine. Anybody else has come to mind? Uh, Paisa Bazaar, maybe. Paisa Bazaar is not a lender. Aggregator, it's not a Aggregator, lender. But which lender will you go to? SBI, maybe. One of the Sagari folks. Yeah. So, you've named the top three hmm. uh, in the domain, which is HDFC, SBI and ICICI. Uh, the other two big ones are Access, Kotak, etc. Okay. None of these will lend in close to 3,500 colonies in Delhi. Okay. Wow. 55% of Delhi households, you will not get a loan from the top five lenders in the country. Oh God. Okay, that's interesting. There are hundreds of housing finance companies which lend in India and every single house in Delhi that you want to buy, you will get a home loan. Hmm. But you will not get a home loan from these top five lenders. Okay. Therefore, which colony will you get a loan from which lender is something that we know. That's a massive discovery problem, right? Because yes. I'll probably get rejected by 20 banks before I get somebody to give me just because of the calling. Correct. Neither okay. can Paisa Bazaar know because Paisa Bazaar or Bank Bazaar does not even know they the 6,000 colonies in Delhi. They do not have that first, reality. first, they don't even know the names of the colonies. Mm. So forget about how can they map which bank does yeah. which, uh, which particular colony. So how particular, so Edelweiss will do in certain colonies. Roa Housing Finance will do in certain colonies. Aptas will do in certain colonies. Now, Roha, Aptas, uh, India Shelters, uh, Five Star. These are names that you've possibly not heard. Yeah. But these are all housing finance. Uh, oh, sorry, quickly, Lens. Is this to do with geographic focus or is this a degree of risk profile that these guys go deep so, into? I mean, they'll so obviously they, be more expensive. Yes. So, uh, the prime lending rate at a given point to say, if HDFC is at 9%, mm. some of these will be at 14, 15, 18, sure. even 20, 22%. It's a risk profile. Uh, so, th so there are two aspects hmm. it's not just about the colony it's about what floor your house is on so some okay. lenders will lend on the second floor but not lend on the third floor some will lend on the the fourth floor but not lend on the ground in the first now why is that because ground in person the SBI lends for lega to amara koi that's not a legal place. Uh, okay. That house can go only up to the first floor. So depending on the on the geography, what is the colony? So take Hyderabad as a city. Uh, is it in the municipal limits or is it in the outer limits? So a lot of the Gachipoli area of Hyderabad, which is prime, is in Ganga Reddy district, okay. which is technically rural. Sure. And therefore the height at which uh, a building can be a normal house can be built is different versus what it can be built in Sikandrabad. Okay. So SBI and HDFC will go with what is legally allowed whereas the two, three extra floors 
valid so whatever traffic comes in via magic bricks and even otherwise uh, we've got a very extensive database where we've done these mappings where you can search and you can figure out that this is the colony which is the lender which is there uh and we mapped it across hundreds of lenders uh, some of them we don't work with also but we at least give that information what that does is it builds trust and therefore a yeah. lot of people want to come to us to uh figure out it's funny it's such a complex thing and i didn't even know about yeah, this and, and this is only at the property level and at the person level yeah. you're working in a company you get a regular paycheck you get a salary it's very easy to assess what is the level of loan eligibility Sorry. basis yourself mm. where it gets complex is say uh you're a doctor mm. uh you know lot of patients pay you yes uh, cash and therefore what is it that your income is hmm. uh, there are different lens for uh, different banks some will say i'll take uh, x multiple somebody will say a y multiple on the declared income uh it'll change whether you are a doctor mbbs or whether you are an md or whether you are an ayurvedic practitioner or a dentist okay and therefore the loan eligibility will change for each bank along with the property type on that level of complexity uh, we get into because when we engage with the customers we also get a customer profile sure so i already have a buyer profile from the buyer side i asked him what does he do i also have the seller profile because mm. i know this is fourth floor in a colony which is regularized mm. or a colony which is not regularized and therefore which is the lender for fourth floor and unregularized colony and who will give the best within those five lenders which we lend to this particular unregularized fourth floor which is the lender which will give the best uh, multiple to a dentist so reasonably complex is about 150 odd parameters which go into the decision logic hmm. of how we will match you to a bank but this is only uh, to the extent of again being a classified player do you also then uh, kind of no, do the entire full the, funnel we are in the full funnel in so we'll help the entire loan agreement process i'll apply via the Completely. platform i'll get my approval via the platform i'll get the disbursement confirmation via the platform as well and to and we handled up to the disbursement okay it's not about discovering that a particular bank will mm. help you do it. i mean some of the banks also don't have very large networks sure so karnataka bank in delhi for example has two branches struggle to figure out where the branch yeah. i mean you can google yeah. it and figure it out so we'll help you uh get the loan because um, in in the services space we go end to end so you know what's intriguing for me now rohit is the fact that the when i originally thought of magic this is a place where landlords or brokers are listing properties and some bunch of people are consuming this what is the level of digitization in that ecosystem because there's a fairly large audience who's taking houses every month and they spread across the economic strata their tech savviness with respect to consuming whatsapp content might be amazing but their readiness to let's say talk about real estate online and this could be language lens this could be comfort lens on talking these things and there could be maturity lens on installing the app and doing all of this information handling and now you're talking about unregularized colonies ka some flow which is not let's say legit per se 
So the kind of guy who's looking for that kind of place, is that the typical guy that's coming and searching on your platform or is this now a slightly different, maybe a larger target audience which is addressing the Holmberg situation? So when you said, do we use the services to acquire customers onto the main platform? This right. is a good example of that. Sure. So because our home loan offerings are so deep, hmm. we actually get customers which are which should typically have not done the search discovery on Magic Bricks. Okay. Uh, but now are doing the search discovery on Magic Bricks because they've entered through home loans. Right. Uh, and therefore, now that they've entered through home loans, they want to figure out what are the other options in that same colony. Okay. Uh, and therefore, it starts a uh, micro market, a new micro market for me. Sometimes really? people start early. In any case, if you've intercepted the guy, it's a yeah, then we keep recommending him other right? stuff. I mean, I would imagine for somebody who discovers that this information is so readily available compared to the amount of hard work you have to go through to get there, it's a pretty straightforward case. But then you're still limiting yourself in some sense to the online discovery of this play or is there like outside a bunch of colonies I'll see loan chahiye, check magic bricks kind of a play? We don't do that. We do it through, uh, we do have a partner network. So okay. we do it through them. So mm. real estate brokers who work with us and there are yeah. thousands of them. Uh, and they're all your loan agents as well. Yes. Perfect. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. The network expands. So very interesting lenses of the depth and maturity of the way data is playing a role very centrally to this whole uh, orchestration. And to me, this seems like a fairly substantial competitive advantage because these are things very hard to replicate. The level of depth you have about the, the two lakh colonies you said in India? Two lakh projects. Two lakh projects, three buildings, and then the 6,000 colonies in Delhi. Just about nobody else I would imagine would have that kind of depth. And just from a penetration from... So what is the lowest priced house that you've happily sold a volume of uh, on Magic Bricks, for example? See, the lowest price are typically uh, plots. Okay. They start at 5 lakhs. Okay. Uh, uh, typically, in the that's in the smaller towns, in the larger metros, they also start at about 10, 15 lakhs. Hmm. You can get small plots. Uh, the, the lowest value houses are also in the 15, 20 lakh range, hmm. uh, which are enough really affordable housing pieces. The reason I ask that question, Rohit sir, is to kind of delve a little deeper into the audience segment and persona you're dealing with and how the experience for that guy has to be treated a little differently compared to the savvy, you know, 70,000 rupee rental yeah. Bangalore guy. When you do your first search, uh, a lot of people actually end up coming in by searching on Google that I want to buy a, they don't put a budget, I want to hmm. buy a house in a certain colony okay. or I want to buy a house in a certain project. And he hmm. lands on my search page hmm. straight away. Or he lands on my project page. Now, now that the guy is entered, he's still not registered on Magic Bricks. The experience basis is entry point is customized. Okay. So, if you've entered and you're looking at Golf Coast Road Gurgaon, which is super premium, versus, say, Bachapur Gurgaon, which is a village uh, so, a few kilometers off Golf Coast Road, you'll see a different magic bricks. Hmm. So we've got, I mean, we basically said premium and non-premium. So if it's premium, pictures are better quality and therefore the search tuples are different. The information I can give on the search tuple is significantly more versus in a non-premium locality where the information is more basic. Tonality of the website and the color schemes and all, everything changes. So the whole funnel approach would look very different as well, not just the landing page, right? Yeah. So it's, I mean, I'm saying that landing page have changed, changes even without your registration. Sure. So even just the basis of your cookie data, next right. time you come to the Magic Bricks home page, hmm. hmm. you'll see a different home page versus somebody looking at a low end uh, affordable housing piece. Got it. So, so 
So that itself changes just at the pokey level. Hmm. And uh, the whole funnel changes. I mean, once you register, so how, uh, you know, the frequency at which I'll reach out, the mediums I'll reach out. Let me show up example. Let's just go to the same Batshapur versus Golf Coast Road example. Now, I've come in, I've gotten to probably the landing page of the search. That this is houses in Golf Coast Road, this is houses in Batshapur. Just, let's just run through this example of how the journey would differ between these two. So, for example, I'll assign a dedicated property advisor to the guy looking at Golf Coast Road. Sure. Whereas, uh, to the person in Bachapur village will be largely self-serve. I mean, on one side, of course, you're doing a very monetary value kind of lens to it. But from a lens of who needs more assistance, yeah. how do you so, address? No, that's an assumption. Uh, I mean, I'm curious. I'm not... Uh, uh, that's an assumption because... Uh, when I joined Magic Weeks, I also thought, why would I need a property advisor? Why would anybody need a property advisor? Hmm. Uh, but people actually... Expect to be treated better. Expect to be treated better. They want to talk to a property advisor sure. because they want to get a pers general perspective. Hmm. I'll give you a US example. Uh, the brokerage in US is 6%. Sure. Brokerage in India is 1%. Yeah. So at 6%, you will balk at the brokerage. Now, everything is regularized. Land records are very clean over there. Hmm. Uh, you can look at the history of a house uh, online Whatever within a few minutes. Hmm. Uh, none of that is available in India. And yet, the brokerage in US is 6% and here it is 1%. Hmm. It should be much lower in the US because information is freely available. Sure. And the chances of a fraud transaction are, are, are near negligible hmm. or zero. So there are players which said, okay, we'll, we'll not charge brokerage, we'll charge some fee, etc. Hmm. We we'll brought it down to 2-3%. Players like Redfin did that. Their market share in, in, in the US market is not just Redfin, but all Redfin and the similar players put together. Their market share is an aggregate of 3, 3.5%. 3 so the market broker-dominated. 97% of the people in the US still want to pay 6% brokerage to help them in the search function. The advisory piece is very big in real estate, even in very mature markets where people are far more digitally savvy, where the records are clear. Point taken. Uh, so, where none of that is true, the advisory piece is valued a lot. Uh, and that's, now the thing is, why do I not give advisory to everyone? We can't afford is, it. Is the affordability question. Hmm. Uh, is the ROI question. Is there a language and to it? Is there anything else that changes in terms of we, what would you say to them? Yeah, so we've got uh, options, a magic bricks mode. Uh, there are language options and the top seven languages are there. Hmm. But the usage is still low. Okay. Some people enter through the languages, uh, but it's still low. So would that kind of be a reflection on the kind of target audience you're attracting? Because on one side, the reason I you know, just stressing over this whole Bachapur example is because suddenly, and you know, there's a list of uh, apps which have a certain level of user base in India. The whole UPI is at a certain level, WhatsApp is at a certain level. So I'm trying to understand from a real estate behavior change that, okay, discovery and transaction happening online, at least for rentals, if not for uh, purchases, how deep has that gone? And I think it's what's still, your play? Do you still, see that to be the lens I, of growth? I see growth happening over there. Uh, it's not yet happened. It should, the adoption should happen in uh, the smaller towns and uh, more semi-urban parts of the mm. country. Uh, At the moment, uh, I think one of the reasons the adoption has not happened in the Semi-urban towns is because people typically move from semi-urban to urban areas. Mm. The reverse migration does not happen. Yeah. And if I'm staying in a uh, in a colony, uh, traditionally, 
semi urban you know one of the villages of gurgaon mm-hmm. which have all converted into urban area that's great i mean people have sure uh, but those small village clusters where people have stayed i mean is the third fourth generation staying over there they don't really i mean a they own the place sure uh, they don't have to buy and uh, they it's a small i mean if you really look at gurgaon what it was each of those villages which is now urban gurgaon the farmland got converted sure. the residential part was a very small a few 100 square meters place within expansion acres of farmland sure. so that few 100 square meters which is the leftover of the village uh, is not that big a place where such discovery is an issue hmm. uh, which an online platform will solve because you could walk walk across the uh, village in all the space i mean so tier 2 tier 3 cities again information asymmetry is not that big a deal because people know where to and what to fit yeah. so again the sort of dependence on the platform as much so th- i mean i would say that definition has changed so jaipur lucknow uh, kind of towns so chandigarh have all become uh, resembling tier 1 yeah. closer and closer uh, because uh, they've expanded a lot so super interesting So you know from what I understand the level of sophistication that you build on a category which I thought was relatively simple and real estate is quite phenomenal so a lot of credit to the last few years of journey and the sophistication you built in and uh, very insightful for me to understand the category and the level of maturity so these systems have taken and especially the part around building uh, demand and putting value on the price of demand when you're trying to build supply from the other side right so very exciting conversation thank you so much Rohit great having this conversation yeah, thanks yeah.